Now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway in Maine or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome back, everyone, to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, on behalf of Stan, Wendy, and myself, we want to wish everyone a real happy 2017. I hope it's a good year for you. 2016, when we look back, if you're a fisherman, wasn't a bad year at all. So uh, we hope 2017 will be equally as productive. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're taking the night off, but we're not leaving you high and dry. I've got an all-new show for you tonight. I think you're going to be real interested in it. Here's the lineup. We've got Jimmy Houston with us. Jimmy's going to be talking about his 40-year career in bass fishing. And then after Jimmy Houston... Pro angler Shaw Grigsby will be with us. He's been a professional angler for 30 years and will be appearing in his 17th Bassmaster Classic. So you want to hear all about the lives and times of Jimmy Houston and Shaw Grigsby. I think you'll find it to be really exciting. Then afterwards, Frank Ersetti's going to be with us. As you all know, Frank is the managing partner at H&M Landing. He is also owner-operator of the Ranger 85. We're going to be talking a little bit about the landing and what's in store for it in 2017, but we're also going to take a look back at a couple of our friends that we lost during 2016. We'll be talking about, in particular, Phil Lowbred, Ralph Miller, and John Rowe, so you won't want to miss that. And then coming up after that, Dwayne Pontenow from the San Diego Anglers will be with us. He'll be talking about the upcoming 2017 San Diego Open Bay Bass Tournament, which is scheduled for January 21st on San Diego Bay. And last but not least, a lot of you may be wondering what the heck happened with Phil Friedman. Well, Phil went over to China to be a teacher. Phil sent us a segment about how he's doing in China, and we'll be playing that tonight. So let's get the show underway because we're trying to jam 20 pounds of mud into a five-pound sack. So let's take it away. I'll be back with you at the end of the show. Yeah, we're at the Anglers Marine Show in Anaheim. Rick Rover always manages to have a lot of headliners here and uh, one of the top guys that showed up this year to see how we fish here in Southern California. Maybe give us some tips. Maybe we can bring back... A few tips on uh, fish in Southern California style. Mr. Jimmy Houston. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Well, I, I've only been here for about five minutes. I already got lures in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them, as a matter of fact. One for crappie and one for bass. Well, you know. Not bad, huh? <laughs> we always think it about fishing, but, you know, I come up to say hello to you, and the first thing you do is you're 
you're showing a picture of uh, Roland Martin with uh, a big old deer up in Montana. So uh, fishing part of it, but all outdoors is really what you guys are about. You know, really, of course, this time of the year is hunting season. And, uh, yeah, I just looked. Roland sent me that picture Thursday, so I just day before yesterday, I guess, I got that picture. Uh, I left. I got up and uh, at 2 o'clock this morning, left Oklahoma and left my ranch at about 3. And uh, but I, my, my kids and grandkids have all been out bow hunting this morning. And uh, three of them said they saw a shooter, but none of them shot one, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> I guess they get close enough. I don't know. Well, you know, uh, even though, uh, you know, we're in the fall time, uh, starting early winter, uh, if you can still fish, that's still a good time to fish. In that picture that you showed me of you and Roland with a couple of smallmouth up there in Minnesota, that was only taken uh, a well, week or so ago. Well, we saw some good weather up that's there. That's right. You know, that was that was actually in September, so that's okay. really about a month ago. But I just got a picture this week from a buddy of mine on Pickwick Lake in uh, in Alabama, Florence, Alabama, and he was holding up two big smallmouth. It looked like about five or six pounders. He did tell me how big they were but uh and that that was just caught this week and on my home lake there in tin killer in oklahoma in fact i'm planning on going over there tuesday and, and trying to do a television show uh a buddy of mine caught 40 smallmouth there one day this week and and he caught them on crankbaits and little small jigs uh another buddy of mine told me that he walked down was fishing around the boat ramp and caught 10 went fishing off the bank so those smallmouth uh, in most of the southern lakes are up real shallow because y'all have summertime all the time here in yeah, LA. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's uh, it's cool out there for today. It's below seventy degrees. And that's <laughs> it. When, if I, when I get here to California, if it's not seventy two, people are complaining about the weather. Well, you know, it also goes to show that you don't have to have a two hundred fifty horsepower engine and get out in a big old Ranger boat and, and run fifty miles away from the boat dock. Sometimes you're missing some of the best fishing just right under your own nose. Well, I actually, uh, you know, Veterans Day, which was last Friday. I had a couple of uh, Afghanistan veterans out, uh, one of them that had been shot in the back a couple times, another one that had lost a couple of legs and, uh, and an arm uh, in an IED, and uh, uh, we fished all day long, and we caught 19 bass, which is not real good, but we had a great time, we had, had a lot of fun, but then at dark, and, and uh, the other boat, we had two boats out there, and was swapping around, but the other boat, uh, I think they caught about 12 or 13. But uh, but we were waiting on waiting to load the boat, and it got dark on us. Of course, it gets dark so early this time of the year. Uh, it got dark on us, and uh, and in the, at, right after it got dark, while we were waiting for them to get my boat trailer back down in the water, right in front of the boat ramp, just a little bit away from being able to cast from the bank, right in front of the boat ramp, in five minutes, I caught a three and a five and a seven, uh, slow rolling spinnerbait over some grass. So, uh, and we had fished that area because it's a good area. We had fished it earlier for about an hour and hadn't had a bite there, and those fish just started biting right at dark, I'm sure. But, uh, but, but, oh, yeah, you could catch. That's a good thing about springtime fishing, fall. You can catch fish off the bank. Uh, I just noticed coming in here to, uh, to anglers, uh, some of the paid trout lakes that are right here close by. There must have been two or three hundred cars around each lake. This so obviously, obviously fishing's good right now, uh, right here in town. I mean, almost within a zone throw of right here. Gosh, I have so many things I can talk to you about. Uh, uh, speaking with Jimmy Houston, but you happen to mention uh, spinnerbait. Do, do you consider that your go-to bait? Well, I, you know, it, it's 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 my bait. I would rather catch a fish on it if I had the ability to be able to make a fish bite whatever I wanted to bite. I'd be throwing a spinnerbait probably about all the time. Uh, and uh, and and I do like a spinnerbait a lot. You know, I'm an old-fashioned guy. I probably catch uh, 
really about 65% of all the bass I catch in a year's time is on a spinnerbait. Uh, I fish a jig a lot. I fish a crankbait a lot. That's probably my top three baits. Uh, you know, we fish uh, what nowadays they call shaky head. Back when I was a kid, we called that a jig and worm. Sure. And now they call it a shaky head. We fish that a lot. We fish the drop shot. Uh, we do the, the split shot. We do everything that everybody else does. But, uh, but yeah, I would probably rather catch them on a spinnerbait than anything else. It's just a lot of fun. Hey, let's go back a few years and see the old pictures of yourself and Roland and, and Bill Dance and Ray Scott and everything like that back to the early 70s. When, when you were working at that time, did you ever imagine that the sport would have the legs that it has and that you guys would have the endurance that you have? Well, really, you know, I, I thought this sport would get really, really big. You know, I mean, I didn't know how big it would get, and, and it is still lags behind uh, some of the other professional sports as far as money winnings. But, you know, we have a, 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 a lot of guys in this business now that make six-figure six figure incomes. We have a handful that make seven-figure incomes. But, uh, but it has grown to where uh, guys can now make a living in the sport. And, and just to tell you what I think about it, and how it's changed just in, say, the last five or six or seven years. Probably five or six, seven years ago, I probably would not recommend to a, a, a teenager to, you know, strike out as a career as a tournament fisherman. I would recommend that now. I mean, that's a, a very good profession to aspire to become. And uh, to make it to the top level is like any other sport at the top level. And at the top level in bass fishing right now, only 100 guys or 110 guys in BASS Elite only 170 in the FLW Tour. So those two organizations, only 280 people are playing at that top level of the game, which is a pretty small amount. It's not quite like NASCAR where, you know, you have 43 at the top level, but it's still a pretty pretty select group that make it to the top. But the great thing about it is uh, guys can work up to that level. And, and the beautiful part is, you know, you don't have to start uh, trying to work up to that level and hope you get there by 20 or 25 years old like you do in a lot of other sports, you can make it at 30 or 35, make it to that top level, and you can then, once you make it to that level, continue to play on. Most of the very top bass fishermen over the years on the professional level have hit their peak years around 30 to 45 years old. Sure. You know, that 10 or 15-year period there when you acquire a tremendous amount of knowledge, you're still young enough to do everything from an athletic standpoint, uh, and uh, those are the guys that seem to be uh, the ones that dominate the sport. Back when, when I was, you know, 30 or 35, I won my first Angler of the Year title in 76. So I was 32 years old. I won my second Angler of the Year title 10 years later. I was 42. During that period of time, you know, I made the money just about every single time. And we were fishing with 300 people, and you had to make the top 50 to make the money. Not 100 people, and you had to make the top 50 to make the money. So, But it, that, that's just sort of the prime time in there. But the cool thing about it, you know, I'm 72 and still playing at the very top level. And, you know, last year, I, and I make the money about half the time. I mean, that's just it. Uh, and uh, you look at somebody like Ricky Clun, who, uh, and I, I know, I, I know that, that you look at Ricky and you think he's a lot older than I am. He's really not. He's really a little bit younger. Not much younger, but a little bit. You look at somebody like Hank Parker, you think Hank's a lot older than me. He's actually younger than me, too. <laughs> Really hard to believe looking at Well, let's today. find someone really? older than you, uh, Roland Martin. Okay? Roland, Roland's about the only guy, you know. And, and, you know, Roland is still, he's not fishing at the top level, but he's fishing at the very next level down, which is uh, the, he's fishing the, the Bass Opens and some of the FLW uh, Walmart events, which are uh, 
you know, about the next level down. And even at that next level, a lot of the top-line pros fish that next level down now because you have a chance to make the Bass Classic or the FLW Championship at that second level if you win one of the top tournaments or you finish the top five for the year. You know, the rules change every year, and I don't fish those. So I don't know exactly what the rules are, but I know that at that second level in bass, if you win a tournament, you get to fish the Classic. And, and, and that's really one thing that Roland, Roland and I run around together a lot, so I pretty much know everything he's doing. But that's one of the things that Roland wants to do. You know, I'm the oldest one to ever qualify for an FLW championship. Roland really wants to be the oldest one to yeah. ever qualify for a He for wants a, to be the oldest one to win a Bassmaster Classic. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, and he, and he might. Uh, I, I told him, I said, well, if you do that, Roland, I said, I'll go over and fish some of those opens and I'll beat your record. <laughs> but, you, you know, it's really, really difficult to win a tournament at any level. I don't sure. care. And at second level in FLW, the second level in BASS, tremendous fishermen, tremendous catches, uh, you know, and, and, and to, to win one of those tournaments, you got to go out and really perform well to win one of them and you know and you probably appreciate that with today's fishermen like the kevin van dams the aaron martins uh uh you know the the guys that have gone up there consistently winning it's tough to win one let alone put a bunch of them together oh it is it's amazing and when you look at somebody like kevin that's won seven bass angler of the year titles you know there's a, a not many of us that have won two and roland of course has won nine more than anybody else and the impressive thing about Roland doing that is he was doing it in a 300-man field, yeah. not a 100-man field. And uh, that doesn't – I'm not saying it's easy, any easier to win it in a 100-man field because it's not. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the angle of the year titles I, I won was in a 300-man field, drawing for boats, competing for the water all day long, flipping for a boat sometime. Uh, but that doesn't make any difference. It's very, very difficult to fish six tournaments, seven tournaments, eight tournaments, ten tournaments – and, and be the guy that, that beats everybody throughout that year. That just, uh, well, only one guy does it. It's like you end up the end of the year and there's one World Series champion, there's one Super Bowl champion, and, and the angle of the year for the fishermen, uh, it doesn't pay quite as much money as winning the Bassmaster Classic or the FLW Championship, but it means more to them. And it does pay quite a bit of money now. 125000 in FLW, I think 100000 in BASS, and... And uh, my first angle of the year title, I got zero. I got nobody at all. <laughs> Just like golf. You know, you take the, yeah. the early golfers, uh, they hardly could, uh, you know, they were sleeping in their cars and doing all the stuff. And when you talk to most of the pros that are out there today, they were doing the same thing, sleeping in campgrounds, sleeping in cars to, until they could make it big. Oh, yeah, absolutely no doubt about it. When I was a senior in college, uh, the first three tournaments I ever fished, one was a state preliminary uh, which I won, and then I, I actually the first one I finished fourth. Then I won one, qualified for the state finals. I won the state championship. When I went up and and and, and practiced for that state championship on a lake there in Oklahoma, of course, again I was in college. There was a lot of lakes I had never fished. Uh, but when I went up and fished that uh, that lake and, and spent four or five days practicing, uh, I I camped out in the campground and I didn't have a tent. Uh, I slept on a picnic table. I laid. Uh, blankets out on a picnic table a concrete picnic table that you have at campground and slept on that and then get up at daylight and go fish all day and in a lot of those early tournaments around oklahoma i'd fish a tournament on saturday and another tournament on sunday that was maybe 100 150 miles away at a different lake i know i'd end that one tournament drive to the next one get over there late at night and i'd park my boat and my truck on the boat ramp and sleep in my truck and that way the next morning when everybody got ready to start launching their boats they'd be banging on my window saying Put your boat in the water so everybody can launch. And, and, uh, but I didn't have a, you know, back in those days, 
probably six or eight dollars for a hotel room, but I didn't have six or eight dollars. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and there's nearly everybody can tell the same type of stories of paying that price to get to you know to, to, to where they are today in the game, and and a lot of people do that same thing and did not make it to the top level too. That's just the, the nature of competition and the nature of playing. You know, uh, bass fishing is a little bit like rodeo. You know, my buddy Garth Brooks there in Oklahoma wrote a song about rodeo, and it said they'll sell everything they've got to pay to play the game. Sure and that's enough. really a lot like a bass fisherman. You know, uh, you'll do whatever to pay to play the game. And, and, uh, and But the great thing about it now is it is something to aspire to become. And the young fishermen, when I talk to crowds, I look out there and I say, there's another Ricky Klein out here. There's another Roland Martin sure out here. There's another Kevin Van Ham. Another Shaw Grigsby, you know, and on and on and on. And, uh, you know, there's there's future uh, television hosts out there that will be hosting television shows for years. And and uh, and, and uh, it's just a, and, and it's a crowded field, obviously. But, you know, it was a crowded field when we played it, too. Uh, you know, when you had the, the early BASS tournaments. The first one I ever fished in 68, I think we had 126 people is all that was there. But it wasn't long that those fields grew to 300 people fishing BASS tournaments, and most of the years we fished uh, in the 70s and the 80s, 300-man fields. So that's a pretty big field. What were you looking as an entry fee at that time? Well, the very first one in FL in BASS was $125, uh, and I fished the, the second or third tournament BASS ever had. You fall Alabama in 68. I got the lead in that tournament the first day with uh, 11 bass weight, 52 pounds and something, oh. but uh, I didn't win the tournament. I didn't I caught a. I didn't catch big bass. I had an 810, an 814, a 9.3 on the same stringer. The big bass was 9.5. I didn't even, didn't even catch a big bass. But I, I ended up finishing. I think I got sixth place in that tournament. I was first and then second and sixth after three days. But uh, but you know the, most of the tournaments. You know we got up to 150, 200, 250, 300 dollars. I think most of the tournaments we were fishing under a 300 man field was 300 dollar entry fee. And you had to have 300 people, you had $90,000, you know, that you're going to get away with. So it's pretty good. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El CajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra-wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. 
Love California, Boat California, Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. You know, going back in those early days, there were a lot of great fishermen, and unfortunately, a lot of the guys that are today don't know their names. They'll never know their names, but they were really good fishermen. Uh, just bring up some of the guys that you were fishing with at that time were great fishermen, and could they compete today with well, the tools that we have today? With, with, with it, with it. If, if they were at the right age, they could, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if they were the right age, they could, you know, but... Uh, uh, you know, we, you look at some of the people that are not with us anymore, people like like uh, Tom Mann, uh, Billy Westmoreland, you know, some of those sure. great fishermen. The, the, the guy that uh, that won the first BASS tournament, Stan Sloan, yeah. uh, the one on Beaver, the first BASS tournament that they that they ever had. The guy that won the tournament I was talking about there that, that I led at Ufall, Alabama, Rick Honeycutt. Uh, you know, there's just a, a, you know, there was a lot of really great fishermen. And, and, and you know, I actually even go back further than that, John. I uh, When I was a senior in high school, which was 1962, they had the, what they call the World Series of sports fishing at Lake Kimkiller uh, and, and Grand Lake and Fort Gibson. The last two or three days that tournament was on Lake Kimkiller. My dad owned a resort there. The fishermen that was in that tournament all stayed there. And they fished all of them for about two weeks preparing for that tournament. I fished with nearly every one of them when I was a senior in high school. They liked to fish with me because at that time, you know, I was showing them around the lake, which is sort of like almost a free guide. But I would, had the experience of fishing with the best bass fishermen in the world. People like Roland Martin. People, uh, I mean, uh, uh, people like uh, uh, Jim Rogers uh, out of Lamar, Missouri, who was one of the great tournament. Virgil Ward, who had champion ship fishing television show for years. Uh, Joe Krieger, who actually ended up winning that tournament. Uh, Glenn Ward, Glenn Causey, you know, those guys were uh, were the, the very top tournament fishermen at the time back in uh, in 1962. Roy Martin out of Panama City, Florida. And, and I fished in the boat with all of those guys, and it was such a tremendous learning experience when I was just like 17 years old. Uh, Roy Martin has got more holds more saltwater world records than any man alive. And yet he was a great bass fisherman too, but like most fishermen in Florida, they have tremendous freshwater fishing, tremendous saltwater fishing. He was a 
you know, renowned, world-renowned saltwater fisherman, yet he's one of the greatest bass fishermen ever also, living there in Panama City, Florida, and having all that great bass fishing right around Panama City. We're speaking with Jimmy Houston here, and Jimmy, let's uh, move a little bit into the present. You've gotten together with two great friends, Roland Martin, Bill Dance, formed the Legends. Tell us a little bit about that, and, and how's that going? Well, the three legends, we got. it's a brand, and the brand is the three legends, which is Roland and Bill and I. And uh, we have quite a few different products. Uh, they just put the new uh, Three Legends beef jerky out on the market here recently. We got quite a few different products that are around that have the Three Legends brand on it. And, and it's just a licensing brand is what it is. And uh, uh, the three of us have been, you know, in bass fishing from almost day one and, and close friends. We run around together. We fish together a lot. Bill doesn't hunt, but Roland and I hunt together a lot also. And uh, it, it, it's, it's doing very, very well. You know. I've got to say, uh, I was super impressed going to uh, ICAST a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, you and Bill uh, and Roland, you showed up as the three legends. Uh, it was press day, if I'm not re- recalling. There was a whole buzz, and the people were stirring around doing stuff. All of a sudden, you guys came out. You were introduced. The show stopped, and everyone wanted to see what Bill, what Roland, what Jimmy were doing, and... Uh, does that just surprise you that that you have this longevity even in the market today? Well, it, that was a cool deal down there at that ICAST, and one of the things that uh, one of the things that I I was uh, really so uh, honored by is that you're right. Pretty much everybody in the whole building came by and, and got an autograph and got their picture taken. And when you think about it, uh, you know, to to get your uh, a picture taken with uh, you know the three fishermen that have uh, you, you know had television shows for. The three of us together, 125 or 130 years, uh, you know, I'm like the puppy of the bunch, and, and next year will be our 40th year. I think it'll be Roland Martin's 42nd year, or 43rd maybe, and maybe Bill's 46th year, so that's uh, whatever that is, 130 years of television. And uh, and not only that, but three of the longest-running television shows in the history of television. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we left ESPN, uh, a few years back, we'd been on ESPN 21 years, and I think at the time that we left, it was the third longest show that they'd ever had on ESPN even. And, uh, of course, Sports Center obviously started from day one and will always be the longest-running show on ESPN. But even that pales in comparison to how long they, they, those three guys have had their shows on television. And so uh, it, it's one of, the, uh, one of the really great things, and one of the things that has been surprising to me uh, as the years have gone by, is how the younger fishermen uh, still look up to, to, to people like Bill and Roland, and and uh, we do the autograph sessions. And I, I t- I've told Roland and Bill for years that you know there'll come a time when all of our fans are the same age as we are. We won't have any fans <laughs> left, and but it's not been that way at all. No. When we go, uh, the twelve year olds that love to fish, they they, they realize and they, they they honor us by by you know and I, I i look at some of those kids sometime and they they look up and there's love in their eyes and that's a pretty good feeling it really yeah, tell is. us about the young fishermen i mean here you are you're talking about a fella that maybe be close to 70 one way or the other and 72 <laughs> and you get a lot of fishermen that have uh, only been in the sport for a long time they really don't even know maybe who you are or your background luckily we had a chance to talk about it but what message do you give these kids that are coming on up when they want to know more about getting into fishing. Well, I think it's the same as it's always been. I think you just need to spend as much time on the water as you possibly can, and you need to fish with as many different people as you possibly can on as many different types of lake as you can. Uh, you know, as an example, out here in California, for the most part, 
most of the fishing is quite a bit different than it is all over the south where most of the, the big national tournaments have been held and that said you know when the guys that are really good come out here in california they're able to adapt and catch big strings of fish and when the guys in california out here that are good they have a little learning curve but so many of them have become great great fishermen you mentioned aaron martin's a little bit earlier aaron's a great example uh skeet reese is a great example before that go back to some of the names that some of the younger fishermen out here might not even remember as people like dave glebe and and d thomas you know d thomas actually taught me how to flip and i've given flipping seminars for 40 years because of and the things that d thomas taught me years and years and years ago and and he actually came to oklahoma we both at that time uh was sponsored by fenwick and they brought d Tom, dave myers a guy named dave myers that worked for fenwick brought d thomas out and fished with me in oklahoma and i got to learn how to flip from i guess the guy that invented it i don't know and i had developed underhanded casting 50 years ago and uh, and uh, and that became a, a staple in, in fishing and then i don't know who come up with the pitching technique but uh, we all pitch now and we teach people how to pitch all the time but uh but you know the uh, the guys that have have uh, and and, and, and People that have, have, have even moved, well, in fact, most of them do move to that part of the country. Gary Klein's a perfect yeah. example. Gary, you know, uh, grew up out here at Orville and learned to fish up there on that Clearwater Reservoir, and, and yet, you know, he, he moved to Texas. And he, he moved to Texas. In fact, I was at the exact show when it, where he met Jana, and she was uh, uh, working the door, you know, uh, was uh, checking people's badges. We go in and out, and, and uh, she just... You know, of course, she's still pretty as she can be, but she was just as cute as she could be. Had a little te- short Texas skirt and some boots on, like those Texas girls wear. And uh, and uh, Gary Klein, had, had, we'd, you know, he mentioned something about her, and and I was there at that show two or three days. And every time I'd walk by there, he would be over there talking to her. And and of course, that ended up being, you know, they've been married now for a hundred years. But uh, but you know, Gary, that was one of the main reasons Gary moved to, moved to that part of the country. But uh, but you have to get close to where that tournament action is over there, and. And with the guys that have come from out here in California, gone back there, not all of them have succeeded, but a good bunch of them have because it doesn't matter where you go anywhere in the country. Uh, you know, once you learn to, 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 exactly the decision-making processes, you can make them to, no matter what kind of water you're fishing. Well, you know, uh, just before we end up here, you know, we were talking about people that were influential. good friend of mine, I know, was a good friend of yours. He helped launch a lot of careers. Harvey Naslin oh, passed away here a few years ago, but right. you talk about a character, guy that has a few stories, but a fella that uh, Harvey was, stole one my stole one of my cars one time. He did. Yeah, he did. I, we we called the cops on him, but he brought it back. I, I think uh, I've heard that story. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a couple of different versions of it though. Well, it's a Bull Shows <laughs> Lake, and uh, he had come over there to Bull Shows Lake at a BASS tournament, and uh, and and he had. Uh, uh, I had gone over there in a, in a truck and a motorhome and a boat, and my wife had come over in a, in a car uh, a couple of days after the, you know, the, she couldn't be there for the practice or something. But anyway, we had to, we had two vehicles over there, and, and we was at the weigh-in, and she looked up, and or when somebody was with her looked up and said, Chris, I, I think that man just got in your car and driving <laughs> over. She looked up, and sure enough, he was gone with it, and, and she didn't see who it was. I'm not even sure at that time that she knew Harvey. And uh, and uh, and so they call the cops on him, right? <laughs> and and he actually, it was a car that was uh and, and back in those Rental days, cars. no days, nobody took their keys out of the car right. back in those days. Everybody just left them in, and nobody stole cars. And uh, and but he had got in that car, which uh, 
it's pretty easy to do, you know, particularly in a rental car. And he thought it was a rental car, and he got a, a few miles down the road and realized, oh, my gosh, I guess he looked in there and saw some other stuff in there and thought, oh, my gosh. And he, he brought it back before the cops caught him, but we just about had him thrown in jail. <laughs> uh, all kinds of great stories up there. We're speaking with Jimmy Houston. Jimmy, uh, uh, just polish that crystal ball off uh, and tell us a little bit uh, What's the store for Jimmy Houston in the future? Well, you know, we're going to just keep doing what we're doing. You know, as long as I can stay healthy, we're going to continue to do what we're doing. Uh, I have uh, entered the uh, the FLW Tour tournaments next year. I've entered all seven of them. Uh, I fish for Shell Oil Company uh, with their Quaker State brand in the tournaments on the Quaker State team along with Matt Airy and Scott Canterbury. And, uh, and then also uh, promote their Shell Rotella brand and their Pennzoil Marine brand. So I've really got kind of a really big package there with Shell and uh, do a lot of work with that company. Uh, but uh, I guarantee them that I'll fish four tournaments a year. Sometimes, well, usually the schedule just doesn't allow me to fish sure. all seven of them. I hope to. I got to fish six last year, and, and I hope to get to fish all seven of them. I got them all down on my schedule. And, but uh, as the year goes on, that, that may not say that way. But, but I'm going to continue to fish them. You know, uh, this year that we just had was our 50th year. I fished my first national tournament in 1966 when I was a senior in college and so 2016 was 50 years uh, and so next year will be the starting on the second 50. <laughs> oh my god. So there's uh, there's still a little more gas left in the tank. Oh, I go. We'll, we'll keep on playing you know we are we are I'm kind of like Ricky Glenn I'm, I am too old to fish tournaments but uh, uh, you know uh, we we're having a really good tournament year this year and and uh, didn't make the money the last two tournaments. We had made it three out of the first four, and, and uh, we, we caught limits. I caught limits every day, but, but it wasn't quite big enough, and uh, we bombed out those last two tournaments. But uh, Ricky Clun won a tournament this year, the first tournament of the year in BASS yeah. Elite. And so, uh, you know, uh, Roland Martin almost won a tournament in the Bass Open this year. He was up there real close the first day and messed up the second day. But, uh, you know, we, we'll keep playing. You know, the, you, you know, you can't be nearly as consistent as you are when you're 30, 35, 40 years old, but, uh, but but it's a fun game to play, and you get on the right bunch of fish. Uh, we can still put the fish in a boat, and uh, sometimes we just can't put them in the boat as good as some of these other guys can nowadays. Well, I also want to thank you, too, for your accessibility, because I know there's a lot of young fishermen, a lot of old fishermen like myself, that just want to come up, say hello to you, maybe see if they can grab a piece of the magic away from you, <laughs> the, this longevity that uh, you have that you call bass fishing. It sounds like it's still staying fun. Well, it is fun. You know, I, I, uh, I practice. My, my wife practiced with me all three days. You know, she fished Bass and Gal for all 21 years of Bass and Gal and won, uh, won seven Angler of the Year titles herself. And uh, I guess her and uh, Ricky and uh, Roland Martin and, and uh, Kevin Van Dam is the only one that's won that many Angler of the Year titles. And, and, uh, and she's won four Bass and Gal Classics also. But uh, she practiced with me all three days of practice, and uh, we practiced as hard as we ever did. And that's one of the reasons that... I continue to tournament fish is that her and I get to spend uh, those 10 days together, uh, but it, it just about wrecks my body to fish tournaments anymore. <laughs> but it wrecked them when I was, it wrecked them 30 sure. years ago. It doesn't make any difference. You know, it's a, we play it as hard as we know how. Uh, we just can't play it quite as good as we used to. <laughs> you know, when it comes to uh, just one last question, we'll let you go because we've got people here that are taking pictures. They want to speak to you. You're going to be putting on a seminar here later on. If there is one species of fish that you can go after what is it and where do you think it would be you know of course i'm a bass fisherman but i fish for everything but but i probably love peacock bass oh, yeah. better than anything else and uh, i fished them just about everywhere they are 
Uh, I fished them in Florida, of course, where they're not quite as large as they are in South America. Uh, I love uh, Colombia, the, the Orinoco River in Colombia. I fished, uh, you know, quite a few of the lakes in uh, in Venezuela. I fished all up along the the uh, Amazon and the Rio Negro in uh, Brazil. Sure. Uh, but I, I I love peacock bass fishing, and and uh, mostly when I'm peacock bass fishing, I'm throwing a a big topwater bait, a Zara Spook, or I'm throwing a spinner bait, and uh, and we've caught you know uh, several 21 to 23 pounders, and uh, you know to have a 15 pounder blow up on a Zara Spook is like dropping a mercury motor mercury motor out of an you airplane. Got it. That's what it's like. It's amazing. Uh, an ending. People want to stay in contact with you, uh, see what's latest happening to you and happening to. Guys like Roland and Bill Dance, because I know you're with them all the time. Uh, how can people stay in contact with you and keep current on what you're doing? Well, we've got a pretty big social media program. You know, our Facebook uh, fan page has got about 250,000, 260,000 fans on there, and uh, we're, we're very, very active on that every single day. And, uh, you know, in addition to that, of course, our, our website. And, and uh, we don't do a whole lot of Twitter stuff. I guess we need to start that if the president's going to do it. Uh, but, uh, but 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 our, our Facebook uh, fan page is the biggest thing, and and of course our television show shows about 20, 21, 22 times a week on quite a few different stations. NBC Sports. Uh, this next year will also be in addition to NBC Sports, CBS Sports. Uh, we show on uh, uh, Destination America, which is a Discovery Network. We show on WFN, the World Fishing Network and American Heroes Network, which is the old military channel. Sure. So we're on about a dozen different networks, uh, uh, you know, mostly Saturdays and Sundays, but uh, I think NBC Sports runs on a Friday. But uh, but we're, we'll we'll be on television more than ever next year. <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, if they can't find out what you're doing, they just ain't looking hard enough, no, right? <laughs> we're, we're, we're out there. We're, we're everywhere. I just I spoke at a big church in uh, Lake Charles, uh, Louisiana, Tuesday night this week. So... Uh, we're, we, we run around the country just like always. Jimmy Houston, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate to spend some time with our audience here in Southern California. I know you're going to be speaking to a lot of people here at Anglers Marine. They're going to be bringing back some great memories, but thank you for the memories that you've shared with us. And I can only tell our listeners, we just didn't even scratch the surface. <laughs> <laughs> We've had fun. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jimmy. Hey, uh, you're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM 540 or at com. Stay tuned. There's still lots more to come. This is your last chance. Final call for our year-end cellathon. You know where. Nobody beats Every new El Cajon Ford car, truck, and SUV has a deeper discount. Here's an example, ID 399139, a new 2016 Focus 12.9. 12900 net price, including applied 6295 El Cajon Ford discount from MSRP. On approved credit through 1317 at Broadway and East Main and ElCajonFord.com. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. 
Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, we're back. We're still touring the uh, Angler's Marine Show here in Anaheim, and it's been a great show. We get a chance to speak to a lot of people in the industry, people that are making some of the new and upcoming lures, but also we get to talk to some of the best fishermen in the world. And and, and uh, Rick has brought one in from Florida that is actually one of the best in the country, and that's Mr. Shaw Grigsby. Shaw, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I enjoy being here. Well, we enjoy having you here, especially out here in Southern California. The only thing I feel bad about is that you're not going to get a chance to do any fishing? I <laughs> know, but you know what? That's 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 just part of life. I uh, I love coming out here, and when we come out here, like last time we came out, we got to fish Sacramento, and then we went down to Havasu. And I wish we would come every year or every other year. It looks like bass tries to bring us out here about every three years. So. I hope they don't put you through the ringer like they did. You know, I mean they uh, they have you meet at some park in downtown Sacramento, and you want to get to where the fish is. Uh, they're only eighty miles down the road there. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was great boat racing, though. We had a lot of fun running the boats down the river. And, yeah, it was a long way. So you burned a lot of gas. That was the only thing is the expense. But Sacramento was a great town to have it at. I, I mean, I loved every minute of it. So, And it was kind of exciting. If you were missing a fish or needing a fish, you could catch one in the river pretty good. And so um, it, it gave you a lot of, lot of options. I kind of liked it. You know, we had a chance, and, and we talked with you when they were at Havasu, but a lot of the guys were you were feeling bad the fact that uh, there's another lake up there called Clear Lake that some of the mm. fellas 
maybe wouldn't have had a chance to get a crack at, they sure would have liked to have tried. Yeah, Clear Lake's a tremendous lake, and I've been fortunate to fish it a few times, uh, not just coming in and fishing a BASS, but being able to film a TV show or two on it. And uh, and I love that lake. And when it's spawn time, when it's when it's springtime, it's just amazing. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing to go by and see a fish that big sitting on a bed. That you know that lake just keeps on generating more and more bigger and bigger fish it's not the largest body of water you're going to fish obviously you right, know that right. from the places you fish it's a fertile area and the fish just seem to love it there you know i mean the uh, the natural feed there is a fish called a hitch, hitch right you know it isn't like you know trout down here in southern california but those fish grow big over there and oh, it, it's do. just the yeah. best of of all environments down there yeah california is you guys are so blessed to have such great fisheries uh beautiful water and uh and having those big big fish it's you know available to you is just amazing so every time you go out you could set your personal best you could it, literally you could have a world record at any point so and that's in almost any lake you fish and that's pretty impressive when you have that type of fishery well you know last time we had a chance to say hello to you it was the elite series that was on lake havasu you were doing really well you never do as well as you want to do unless you're in first place you always like try and make that top 12 uh you didn't quite make it but you had an alternate plan you, you, <laughs> You know, we, we talk about, you know, how the pros and a lot of them we talk to, yeah, we're always talking about bass fishing, but you like all kinds of fishing. And one of the things you like is fishing for brim. And, and you thought you had a chance of going out and getting a pretty good fish over at Lake Havasu from what you heard. Yeah, there were some giants there. They have the world record. I think they're called Shellcracker there. But they're, uh, it's an amazing fishery because of the, I guess it's a quagga mussel or whatever that, that they eat. And so they just grow huge there. So I got to spend a little bit of time fishing for them. And, and uh, I like I like a lot of different things. You know, being born and raised in Florida, I fish a lot of saltwater. So we got snook and redfish and tarpon and, and, and just a, a variety of fish that you get to have fun with on the coastline and then of course i love crappie fishing which in florida we call them specks uh, but most places call them white crappie or black crappie and of course louisiana they call them sacolet so everybody has their different name for their fish um, but they're still fun to catch and they're delicious to eat uh, well shall you know you've been on the tour for a long time you're always competitive how, how did you sharpen your trade what what put you from just being the everyday kind of you know pokey guy like me that fishes every once in a while to all of a sudden getting out there and being a competitive fisherman you know i i I just i'm a student of the game i love it i love competition when you love something and you have a passion for it then you're always willing to put in the extra mile for it you're willing to spend the extra time and what it takes to get better at it because you love what you're doing and and it doesn't matter what job it is if you love being a uh you know a carpenter you're going to be you know the best carpenter you can be because that's your passion and uh and that, so whatever job it is, if you love it and you have a passion for it, then you're going to be the best at it. And and I just I love fishing. Now there's a lot of people that love it, but you got to really have it deep down to spend the time we do and the study that we do uh, to get better. Well, especially being on the elite series. I mean, uh, we only get to see a small semblance of what you guys are doing when they they show the finals or whatever it right. is. Everything that you all have to do to get there. And then to get on back is it's it's really an enduro. Sometimes I wonder how the heck can you stand the pace. <laughs> 
you know, I'm a lot slower nowadays than I was. I can tell you that. Used to, I'd go faster and jump higher, but now I uh, I kind of get out there and get back. I just want to, you know, get out there. If the waves are real bad, I just take it easy. But I can tell you that uh, those young guys out there, it's really cool to see how the sport's progressed. I mean, if you look at it, we have high school teams. Uh, we have junior angler before that. You have junior angler, then you got high school. Then you got college scholarships to go fishing. College scholarships, so they can get a full ride fishing in a few universities. So you got college teams. Then you come out and you fish the opens and the Bass Elite Series. It, it's it's just amazing how the sports progressed to where now a kid comes out of college and he's got more experience than I did when I went pro. So uh, you look at that and and you just see how good it is. And and so I highly recommend anybody that if you love it and you have a passion for it, give it a shot. Well, you know, it's kind of like when you look at golf or baseball or anything else like that. They were the star of the game's then, but now to try to get in those sports, you've got to be the cream to cream yes. you, and yeah. and dedication. It just doesn't happen by accident. A lot of times, too, it it takes good luck. Look at we were we were talking about the guys that are biased here. This guy here, uh, he plays with ZZ Top, you know, and and uh, there's a lot of great musicians out there, but there's all of a sudden something just happens where. A few of the guys are able to rise to the top, right, even right. though there's some great fishermen out here. And you see that when you come out here to the west. You don't get a lot of fishermen that come out to the east, but the fishermen that are from the west here are pretty good, and there's a pretty good pool of fishermen oh, gosh, out yeah. here. I mean, I just think of the of the ones that you've had from from uh, you know Don Don Ivino, and and you've got uh, Dave Glebe, and and then of course Gary Klein, who's incredible. Aaron Martins, I mean and, and Dean Rojas from Arizona. I mean the list just continues and continues and continues. And um, y- you know, I mean Flippin was developed here with D Thomas. D Thomas, tremendous. So I look at all those West Coast anglers that have brought their experience back east and taught us a lot about fishing. Um, so it's a uh, it's really awesome. When it uh, when it comes to your fishing, especially competitive fishing, is there any go-to type of lures or techniques that you use that you know you're always going to imply, uh, apply, but and you're going to make those work, and you know you'll start with those, and if they don't work, you're going to go to something else. But it's always going to be something that you fall back on. You know, I I would used to say yes, I did, but now I don't. I I generally whatever it takes, I'm willing to do. Um, you know my my strong suits are going to be maybe flipping pitching sight fishing spinner bait crank bait i do all that so i mean when you've got all that and drop shot i, I really don't have something where i say i'm not going to be able to do it well so um but then again i've been out there a long time this is 30 31 years complete maybe 32 now uh complete i went pro in 84 so and this is 16 and i finished in 16 so that's uh, 32 years of professional angling and you can't be one dimensional and still make it out there so nowadays these young kids come out and they are so seasoned and so uh tremendously versed at fishing that uh it's hard to stay up with them well you know uh i just don't know how you do it because now you're in a situation where maybe before you started you could use a couple of plastic worms. You had some spinner baits. Maybe there were a few crankbaits that you liked. And now all of a sudden, there is this plethora uh-huh. of lures to use, techniques to go about using, things that we never even thought about that have come out of either the West Coast or come out of Japan or come out of other parts of the country, A-rigs, right. you know, and, and not a West Coast thing and more of an East Coast thing. And, and all of a sudden, there's too many things to choose from. <laughs> do, do you just think, well... 
I know how to do this well, so this is what I'm going to take with me on the tour. <laughs> you know, you kind of do, but really, my boat is packed, and I don't go real fast, but I've got everything in it, and I carry about 37 rods and reels in there. About six or seven of them are spin and tackle for finesse techniques, and so it, it really everything that comes up i pretty much can just grab it and i've got it in the boat and i go fishing so um I, i'm kind of prepared for that that versatility and and you know if i go certain places there might be a specific bait or two that i want uh in different regions but overall you know what i use in california i'll use back east too i see you know 2016 good year for you what what uh, how many years have you been on the tour coming it's, up it's it's 32 now 32. And, and i made the classic this year so ah, uh, yeah. i'll be going to conroe and trying to trying to win it i've been second before but i've never won it so we'll see if i can't knock one out at the at the ripe old age of 60 put uh, put 2016 in a nutshell for us uh, how did it go for you you know it went okay i i i'm gonna say that i left a lot of money on the table meaning there was two or three tournaments where i felt solid that i should have got a check and i just uh i just didn't keep it together mentally you know one fish here one fish there they were all real close you know like 51st 53rd 55th 56th you know right there and um and you get paid at the top 50 so um but that's you know that's part of fishing i'm thrilled to make the classic i'm thrilled to be in it um and anytime you make the classic it's a good year you know we talk about fishing and we talk about rods and reels and lures and and all this kind of stuff. Uh, what uh, part of it, though, is metal? You happen to mention oh. metal. Right? Oh, huge. How, how, do, how does that work? It's huge. And um, because you have to stay mentally focused and you have to stay in the moment. And that's that's a one of these cliche deals, in the moment. What that means is that, you know, if you catch them in the morning or you caught them yesterday out of this spot, you immediately want to come back and do it again. And it usually doesn't work that way. So being in the moment means that, you catch them and you need to if i'm not catching them right now what do i need to do to catch them in the next five minutes what do i need to do to catch them in the next five minutes and and just keep moving so as conditions change wind clouds you need to be able to adapt and get things moving at all times and and so um it's hard to stay that way the mental aspects are huge trying to stay mentally focused and not make the wrong decisions try to make the right decisions to keep you catching fish we have uh, pro angler uh, Shaw Grigsby with us, and we're talking a little bit about uh, 2016. What was, uh, what would you consider your highlight of 2016, either on or off the water, for that matter, Shaw? Yeah, you, you know, I don't know that I have any like major highlights. I, I loved every minute of the of the whole season. Uh, every tournament was fun and exciting, and, and was competitive. And uh, and of course, getting to fish some of the fisheries we get to fish is amazing. So we made I made the Angler of the Year tournament, um, and we got to go to Malax Lake, and that's probably the single best smallmouth fishery I've ever seen. Uh, it's amazing. So lots of fives and sixes, and you know when we were there, it was 25, 26 pound stringers. Uh, there was quite a few of them. Uh, they say you know a couple of weeks later than what we were there, they're 30 pound stringers. They say in the spring you just you just give up on any four pounders you just try to go for the five six and sevens so uh you know it's an incredible place and i felt blessed to be able to go fish a great fishery at the right time you know i gotta tell you we did uh, earlier an interview with uh, uh jimmy houston and he's showing pictures around of some of the fish and he says this is one of the best fish i've ever caught and he was with roland martin they had two huge smallmouth and it was on that same relax yeah it's an incredible lake um i uh, i can just say that uh, 
I was very fortunate to fish it. There's lakes like that that you get the opportunity. Falcon, Lake Falcon on the uh, Texas-Mexico border, we got to fish it. Uh, you know, maybe 10 years ago, Paul Elias set the record yeah. with 132 pounds or whatever for, you know, 20 fish. Uh, so that's five fish a day for four days. And and I looked at that and just having the opportunity to be there when it was just unbelievable. When you'd hook a fish in a bush and the whole tree would shake and you'd dig him out and he's 10 pounds or 11 pounds. It's just an incredible adventure. So you know, that, Malax, a uh, little lake in Florida that was really incredible that kind of crashed on us now. But they're, they're, very, they're very delicate. So you fish them, and they're awesome for two, three, four, five years, and then they just fall off the face of the earth, and you don't hear about them for a while. But then they come back. So um, being able to have that opportunity, uh, I, I, I enjoy it more every year when I do get one of those opportunities, and I... I uh, I don't ever want to take it for granted, you know, like I'm going to go back and kill them again and again and again because it just doesn't really happen that way. Just getting on it, hitting it at the right time when they're really happening, it's amazing. You know, uh, I had uh, the privilege of being at the Elite Tournament at Lake Havasu to interview a lot of you guys while you're waiting to go on stage. And I got the feeling that the fellows that were there at Lake Havasu um, genuinely thought that that was absolutely one of the better compounds that they oh, fished on in the Absolutely. Country. It's one of the better lakes I've ever been on. I love just the beautiful, clean water, the variety of the fishing. You could catch them out deep. You could catch them shallow. You could catch them flipping. You could, they're just, you could do whatever you really wanted to do and catch fish, and, and that really opened it up. So I, could, I loved it. You could even use the Blackbird pattern. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go, Aaron. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, not only that, the variety of fish i mean uh smallmouth largemouth oh, yeah. uh, stripers okay. and then he say the uh, the red ear the yeah. the brims over there yeah. and you know and still that that lake is affected with quagga mussel and you know we'll debate whether quagga mussel is good or bad for a lake when it comes to a fishery but i got to tell you that lake it used to be Death Valley. Yeah, Wasn't I remember. And I I fished it in uh, made the Red Man All American there, and it was either eighty five. I think it was nineteen eighty five. Havasu, and it was brutal. And then we fished a BASS maybe a couple years later out there. It was brutal. Six pounds, I think, took a check. So it's one in for three days. So um, I've been in it when it was tough, and then I got to fish it when it was really special, and it's really special now. Well, in speaking with you here, and I know our uh, listeners weren't able to see it yet, mentioned that you qualified for the Bassmaster Classic. Right. Uh, uh, again, the classic is not something that's easy to get to. It's like going to the World Series or so. Which classic is this going to be for you? Number 16. Uh, so this is 16 classics for me. And uh, this one will be at Lake Conroe in Houston in March. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about the lake. Uh, yeah. We're not that familiar with the lake being out here unless we uh, ch- travel that part of the country. Right. Uh, you know, you you know, the past year, a couple of years, it's been at Grand Lake. We know what that's like and a few of the other right. lakes we're familiar with. Uh, uh, but uh, Conroe is not one that we're as familiar with. Tell us right. about the lake. They, uh, it's it's a lake right outside of Houston. So it's great because you've got a major, you know, metropolitan city like Houston that's going to have a lot of people. you got uh, San Antonio that's close, Dallas just north, uh, Austin is right there. So, I mean, you got it's going to be probably one of the biggest classics people-wise that we've ever had. Uh, I just think it's going to be 
amazing. Uh, the lake is good. It's going to be springtime, so the possibility of catching giant stringers are going to be there. Uh, you're going to have guys that, that know it really well, like Keith Combs, who's won a couple, two or three of those Toyota Texas Bass Classics on it. Um, they have a tournament pretty much every year on Conroe, and, and uh, he's fished that. A number of the guys have fished it. I've only been on it once. And, uh, and I look forward to getting back. But it's got a lot of docks, some good drop-offs and ledges. Um, uh, it'd be a lot of underwater brush piles, you know, things that people have put out. So it'll be a great tournament. And you've been there before. Tell us uh, on that final day when you're waiting in the boat and you're sitting out in the parking lot to, to get in and weigh your fish. And, you know, you're in the parking lot. We are here right now. There's a lot happening on the other side of that wall. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you are thrown into that stage there's thousands of people yelling for you there's lights going off fireworks uh graphics all over the place uh what's that feeling like it it's pretty incredible i I still have to pinch myself that i get to make a living fishing i mean i'm blessed beyond belief because anytime you make a living doing something you truly love to do uh you can't have it any better than that so i'm very blessed and every time i get to go into a stage and get to get to do that it's uh yeah, it's really, really, really special. So you're going to the Bassmaster Classic. You're on the lake that you've only been on there before. Uh, what will be some of the prep that you'll be doing to prepare yourself for that uh, adventure? Yeah, I'll do a lot of map study, um, and I'll get on the water. I'm going to probably practice uh, probably just a you know, week or so here. I'm going to practice about a week up there and just spend time going around and looking. I'll probably do a lot of idling with my Lawrence graph and trying to pick out brush piles. And I'm going to try to find some that aren't real deep, uh, things where a fish would spawn and then drop out to a brush pile. You know, So I'll find some of these spawning flats and then look for some, some type of cover or some type of something underwater that would hold them so that if, I, if it's a cold winter, they may be pre-spawned there. If it's a warm winter, they're post-spawn there, and if they're spawned, they'll be on the bank. So I'm going to try to have, have backups to my thought process of where they should be, and so finding those brush piles will be key. Let's uh, kind of polish up the crystal ball for 2017 and beyond. Uh, what's going to be happening with Sean, uh, Sean Grigsby in 2017 and beyond? What, what well, do you envision happening, sir? Well, we're going to be fishing. The fishing the Elite Series, I fish the Southern Open, and of course my favorite thing in the world to do is, is fish Major League fishing. It's an incredible adventure. Uh, it's the most even playing field we can get on. So Major League will be a fun, a fun, fun deal next year also. And um, so that's really what I'm looking forward to. I, I have a new granddaughter on the way that's coming in January. Uh, my grandson's nine. He's going to turn 10. I get to go fishing with him, hunting with him. So a little bit more family time. That's what I'm looking forward to in 2017. That's going to be a good time for sure. And uh, I hope we get a chance to speak to you again because that, that means that you won. <laughs> I love that's it. Not a, that's I not a bad it. thing. Winning's always good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but, you know, you can really fish well and everything like that. But if getting to where you are. Uh, you can't get there unless you have the support of a lot of good people. Great sponsors. Tell us about some of the people that well, got you where you are now. Yeah, you know, Triton Boats and Mercury Outboards and, and uh, you know, Strike King have been with me, Lawrence. Oh, my goodness. You know, when you've got the best stuff, 
you know, now I've got Seaguar line, which is the best fishing line. They invented fluorocarbon, um, you know, Odyssey batteries, quantum rods and reels, and all these guys have been with me forever. And then you get, I get blessed, you know, Matthew's bows have been supportive of me. I'm a big hunter, so you get something like that. And then an ammunition company, which I don't even know that you can sell ammunition in California. I don't know what the California No one knows what we can do with (laughs) ammunition here. But, but, you know, if you you like target shooting, uh, and it's called Brotherhood Munitions, and the cool thing about it, they donate 20%. So they basically take their markup and give it away to um, uh, combat wounded veterans and 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 veterans something coalition it's two veteran groups are for wounded uh, veterans out there so that's what their whole the reason they hold developed that was just to help the soldiers and I just thought that was an incredible deal and so I'm blessed to have them as a sponsorship and and um, and of course power pole Bob's machine I mean I got a bunch of them they're strike, all great strike king. strike king has been one of my best forever yeah best baits well you know uh, quantum is in part the sponsor of the radio show good we sell quantum in the uh, the store uh, I'd say within the, the past five or six years, there isn't a, another company that's really stepped up the quality and the workmanship behind their products. Oh, Quantum has. that is so true. So true. Those reels. I just got some new smokes the other day, and I just can't believe how smooth and how perfect they are. So, yeah, I have to agree with you. It's it's awesome to be with that company. And I was there when they didn't have baitcast. That's how long I've been with them. <laughs> they just had spinning. Then they came along with the baitcasting reel. And uh, so it's been a great, great uh kind of marriage so to speak well then i know uh, you appreciate that smoke reel just like uh, us in san diego we do a lot of inshore fishing we have base fishing brackish water mm-hmm. you're fishing uh, for redfish and you're fishing in some of the canals like that and those smoke inshore reels man oh, they are super awesome. are they not yeah they absolutely are and you know i do a little grouper digging too and so uh, i just have a lot of fun with that with that quantum tackle and and they just come out with a new product the vapor i don't know if oh, i haven't got one i'm like we've got one we just got any? them they are sensational and at a price point <laughs> I have, that you can't I believe. know, unbelievable. I have got to play with one, but I've never had one, owned one. And I texted them uh, just uh, two or three weeks ago, and uh, they said we just haven't got them in yet. So I just can't wait to get my hands on one, put it on a rod and reel, and spend some time with it. But that reel, what I could tell, the best I've ever seen. It. Uh, Wait till you get it in your hands, and then you look at the price point on it, and you go, "Oh yeah, Christopher, yeah, it's a it's a two hundred and fifty dollar reel that's that's retailing for something ridiculous." Um, I think like it's one forty nine, one fifty nine, right yeah. in that area. Yeah. Well, Shaw, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with well, us. Thank and you. Again, we look forward to speaking to you. I, I hope we can give you a call sometime. Maybe you're. You're not going to be on the road, or we can get you when you're at least stopping off for a bite to eat. Say hello to us and tell us what's happening. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you for having Uh, me on. The listening audience of Southern California, thanks for being with us. Thanks for being here at Angler's Marine, too. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape. Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway. Plus, C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from 
hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to LandsEndCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal.mesa at 619-466-8355. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio, everyone. Hey, and, you know, right now we're at the end of uh, 2016, going into 2017. It's the time of the year that we're thankful for all the things that uh, we've been given in 2016 and before that, and we're thankful for those things. But also, it's the time of the year when we kind of look back and we see what the good things were, and we look at back at, unfortunately, some of the friends that we lost in 2016, and this was a big year. And to share some of those memories with me is Captain Frank Orsetti and from H&M Landing. Captain Frank, welcome to the show. John, thanks for having me on. You know, it just seems like when we were talking uh, just a week ago, we were talking uh, about one individual, but uh, now all of a sudden we've got a few individuals that we've lost just in this past week. And these guys were movers and shakers in the industry. 
Absolutely. And and I look back on 2016 and what a what an incredible year yet as we close the books on the year the last uh the last couple of weeks were were truly um difficult ones. We of course lost Phil Lobred here at H&M Landing. Phil had been at the landing at the helm of the landing for 36 years oh gosh. during some real high and low times yet he uh he managed to build an absolute build an absolute empire here with H&M and and what a fantastic man and um and we can talk about him a little bit more but but it within the week um uh Ralph Miller passed away Ralph actually is the person who brought Phil in to the landing back in 1977 he's the M in H&M it was actually his father who founded the landing um senior but Ralph uh, Ralph Miller passed and then of course John Rowe as we wrapped up the year well let, let's talk about these uh people individually you you interacted with them for many years throughout the industry. Talk a little bit, first of all, about uh, John Rowe, because most of the fishermen might not be as uh, aware of John Rowe's name as we are in the industry. Well, certainly, and John um, John was so instrumental. He uh, He's the one that ran the Friends of Rollo Foundation. And, and to sum it up in just a few, a few quick sentences, I mean, John literally introduced tens of thousands of people to sport fishing, it was it's the Friends of Rollo mission to um, to serve those those kids underprivileged and or likewise may not have the opportunity to be introduced to sport fishing, and it was his mission to put a rod in every kid's hand and to get them out there on the water. and And what an incredible, incredible man! I've worked with him over the years on many, many trips and many, many thousands of smiles from kids that had their opportunity to get out on the water. Well, you know, he was not only loved by the kids, but people in the industry. I don't think he had a bad word for anybody. And we knew that he was uh, suffering under the uh, debilitating uh, uh, effects of, of cancer for a long time. He thought he had whipped it once and it came back and it was back and forth. And even at the times when he was really sick, and could hardly get up. He was there helping friends of Rolla and then also there for the fishermen of San Diego. It truly is passion. And um, um, he, he would not ever let his cancer define him without a doubt. And his passion was. His passion was a waterfront, and he served those people who were in our industry. Right. Uh, my remembrances of him is he'd either come by the shop every once in a while, even though he had a whole shop over there at Seaforth, or we see him at the sports show. He always had a good word for you. We'd come up and we'd talk about fishing. And uh, it was always uh, good memories. And I know he's got many friends in the industry and, and many fishermen friends uh, that uh, he left behind. And, and he will be missed, and, and especially with Friends of Rolla. But I, I think he'll leave Friends of Rolla a lot better place. And in the future, Friends of Rolla will continue. Absolutely, he laid a foundation for something that will absolutely perpetuate, and um, and and friends of Rollo as well as our industry will never ever forget the likes of John Rowe. All right, and then we mentioned again uh, Ralph Miller. Uh, uh, most people probably wouldn't remember Ralph Miller and, unless they were fishing here in in the fifties, which my dad was, and everything else like that. Uh, tell us a little bit about Ralph, of course. And Ralph, um, Ralph uh, owned H and M Landing. He actually was an attorney. Yes. Ralph Gano Miller, and he had a, a large law firm downtown in San Diego, and he also he operated H&M Landing. Like I said earlier, he was the one that actually brought Phil on 
back in 1977, I believe it was, um, and managed the landing, Phil managed the landing at that time for Ralph. They maintained ownership of the landing until the early 80s, at which point um, United Sport Fishers purchased uh, the landing, H&M Landing, from the Miller family. Yeah, but, you know, it was, it was him that basically established sports fishing in its infancy like we know it today. Absolutely. His father, actually, Ralph Miller, started H&M Landing. They're the M in H&M. Um, is the Haas Millers and Miners who started H&M back in 1935 down at the foot of Broadway. And ultimately, the landing, through, um, through a couple of moves, ended up into, in, the, um, in the location where we are today. But certainly the Miller family steep in tradition since the 30s here at H&M Landing. Huge. Wow. And then we go from uh, Ralph Miller to uh, Phil Logren, and Phil took over, and what a tremendous spurt of growth that H&M Landing had with uh, Phil at the helm. Absolutely. Um, took the landing from about, uh, you know, about, about uh, 20, 20 some odd boats to 30, a 30 boat fleet to where it is today. Phil, um, Phil, it was never Phil's master plan. He actually is a native of Alaska. And he uh, sailed down. They were sailing on a on a several year cruise, and they ended up in San Diego to uh, to summer over before they headed south for the fall. And before you know it, Phil had a job here at the landing as a dock master. He worked his way up to management, and then um, ultimately a partnership here at the landing. Um, and in in 2015, Phil brought me in. Um, and we actually shared an office here together for about seven months. I've known Phil for almost 30 years as it was, but we shared an office daily for just under a year before Phil ultimately retired and just an incredible, incredible man. Phil had this characteristic about him. I think that, um, most admired, um, in our fleet. It's an interesting makeup here at H&M Landing with 30 independently owned and operated businesses, yet... The landing manages those businesses. And, of course, you know, you can imagine every once in a while, everyone can't agree on the same thing as you can, you can well imagine. And, and I can remember personally myself times I've come in here and sit down, Phil's office, pounding my fist on the desk trying to make my point. I'd walk out of here 30 minutes later. Nothing had been resolved, but I sure felt good about it. And I'd always scratch my head and wonder what the hell went on. But if I could say that, but that was always... Um, that was uh, truly one of Phil's hallmarks. He had, he was an incredible diplomat, and he had uh, he had an incredible way about him. Also, an astute businessman, a collector. The list just goes on and on. Just an incredible man. Well, you know, firsthand now you can sympathize with him because you're the guy on the other side of the desk here, being the managing partner at H and M, and you've got the personalities here on the other side of the desk come in and do the same things that you used to do. Absolutely. In fact, I remember just uh, I think the last week Phil was here, he sat on the other side of the desk and he had a cup of coffee and he was pounding his fist on the desk, looking at me, saying, "How do you like it now?" <laughs> Oh, my. Uh, you know, one of the things also about people don't realize is that, you know, the landing is on Port District property, and it always seems like it's a struggle with the Port District to try and keep the landings here. And there was a big push not too many years ago for maybe the landings not to be here because uh, the Port District thought there were other better things that could be done with this waterfront property. And, and, uh, but the landings are here, and not only that, they're they're more beautiful and and more efficient than ever. 
Well, I can say Phil's been here for, he was here for 36 years, actually, running the landing. So he'd, he'd been through a couple of lease renewals, um, worked very, very closely and built strong relationships with our neighbors next door with Point Loma and Fisherman's Landing, um, forged an alliance, if you will, with Frank and company next door. And together, um, they've always managed to not only renew, but improve the waterfront here, which makes us great port tenants. And, and it is, it's always a dance. There's a finite yeah. amount of space here, um, in the port of San Diego. And every one of these leaseholds or waterfront areas do come up for renewal from time to time. And it is, it's a political dance. And I, I look over at Phil's picture right now and he truly, truly was the consummate politician and negotiator, without a doubt. They loved him downtown at the port. Uh, that's good. Well, now what's happened uh, 18 months or so ago, the uh, baton was passed on to you over at H&M Landing. How's it gone since uh, you've been here? And uh, do you have any vision of the landing in the future here? Well, absolutely. I can, I can say I'm not quite the ballroom dancer that Phil was, but I don't have the 36 years of lessons <laughs> yet. But um, I'm learning, that's for sure. Um, absolutely. We're looking, uh, we're looking ahead to, to all sorts of things. A little bit more diversification here at the landing, maybe expanding a bit of our ecotourism business. Um, um, certainly, we see a, a change in complexion of some of the ownership of the boats in our fleet here. Things have tightened up quite a bit. I look down at some of the new owners that we have um, in our fleet. Uh, just this last year, a couple guys, Mike on the Relentless, Ping on the Alicia. Um, we have a, a little bit of a changing of the guard on some of the boats. Chris Randall, you know, is retiring yes. this year. Um, Jake Boss will be coming in, taking over there. Uh, the the old glory changed hands this last year. Um, with, with Clay Williams at the wheel, the boat has just had an incredible, incredible season. And I just I think of all of the the uh, the transition here at the landing. It's been super positive. We've got some really, really good fishermen down here in our fleet at H and M. Um, we're certainly looking forward to 2017 and beyond. You know, not only are you a part owner of the landing, but you're also an operator of one of the vessels here. You're going to keep on uh, running boats out of H&M Landing. John, great question. And so, um, you know, it's been, I'll be coming up on two years here at the landing. We've tightened a lot of things up. I've got incredible staff here at the landing. Um, and this will be my year to step away a little bit and get back out on the water. It's been, it's been really, you asked, how's it been the passing of the baton for 18 months? I've been a captain of the desk here in the back office for the last, <laughs> for about the last year and a half, but I can't wait to get back out on the water. Oh, this you year. gotta miss it. You gotta, oh. especially with the past seasons that we've oh, had. I'm, t- I'm telling you, killing me, just killing me. But now I'm looking forward to being out fishing this year. Absolutely. Tell us about the boats that you run, uh, Frank. Uh, here at H&M Landing, we without a doubt have the most diverse fleet of any landing up and down the coast. Anything from half day to the finest long range vessels in the fleet with the Red Rooster and with the Spirit of Adventure. And again, the rest of our fleet, 28 other boats that make that up. Anything from half day to multi-day trips. We offer the most diverse schedule daily than any other landing. So every day, John, we have two half day trips departing at 6.30 and again at 1 o'clock. Three-quarter day boat, Malahini, time-honored tradition here at H&M Landing. Departs every day at 5.30, and as we move into the winter, we can expect colonnette trips on the Chief, two-day trips every weekend. The Old Glory will post a schedule, a day-and-a-half trip, same thing, probably fishing colonnette, targeting yellows and, and deep-water rock cod. It's, uh, it's, it's shaping up. It's looking good for the winter. And you personally, 
Which boats uh, are you still maintaining? Because I know... I, I still have the Ranger 85. Okay. So the Ranger 85 is back up in its northern home for the winter. So they'll be fishing. Uh, we'll be doing a little bit of whale watching. And then we start sea bass and rock fishing in the spring. And then, as usual, um, even though I'm I'm owner here at H&M Landing, I still maintain the same schedule with the Ranger 85. Uh, the boat will be fishing up north until the 1st of July. And we fish here. We start every single year at H&M July 1. And we finish up... October 30th. All right, Captain Frank Orsetti, uh, I know you have made it one of your priorities to make uh, gaining access to H&M Landing easier for the customers, both on the web and then here in the uh, uh, the physical facility itself. People want to find out more about the boats, the fish counts, uh, the rates, who's going out when, what boat to use for charter, what boat to use for Open parties, uh, how's the best way to get that information? We're the easiest landing to find online, John, hmlanding.com. Our website's packed full of information. You can find out everything you need to know about daily departures and or private charters. Even our whale watching trips, our season's just started, which, hey, that's incredible. That's I know I know it's a sport fish, no, it's a fishing no. show, but so far the guys have seen humpback whales, fin whales, there was a fleeting sight of a pot of orcas here this last week. It's going to be pretty cool over the next few months doing that. We offer those trips daily as well. HMLanding.com, or you can call us, 619-222-1144. And I have to throw this out there, John. It's early, but it's not. We've had so much early charter activity for 2017 with this last year's activity season. Before 2016 was phenomenal. 2015 was phenomenal. We have we have so many early bookings, so I, I want to get that out there. And it's not a plug; it's some sincere advice for those for those anglers that like to organize groups, group fishing trips, private charters. Get your date calendared. You can call us right now and get your date calendared. That's so important because what happens a lot of times, guys will wait until springtime and they'll say, "Hey, let's get together and fish this summer." But if you wait till March or April. There'll still be dates available, but they may not be your preferred date. So think about it ahead of time. Give us a call. We've got somebody at our charter desk every single day that can answer questions, give you dates, availability, prices. We're one of the few landings that do that. We have a dedicated desk just for private charters. And you can call us 619-222-1144 for that information. And just quickly, on the ecology trips, I don't know of a fisherman when we were going out looking for the bluefin tuna or the yellowfin tuna, that if we came upon a pod of, uh, of whales or a school of dolphins, I mean, we were in some uh, schools of dolphin that you'd 360 around a boat as far as you could see, they were sounding around the boat. True. And even the hardcore fishermen, we'd all come out on the deck and just marvel at them. And then as as the boat is cruising along, You'll get dolphins sitting there sounding right at the bow, frolicking around. Uh, uh, we were on one trip here uh, during the summer where I think in one day, and we just went out to the uh, the 43, we saw 10 individual whales sounding and all kinds of dolphin. And we didn't catch any fish because that was at a time when catching those bluefin was tough. But sure. man, we had one heck of a trip just from what we saw out there. It's all part of the same ecosystem, John, and it's uh, it's interesting you say that. You know, having been in the business, I, I started in the industry uh, many years ago, I, I uh, in the late '70s, and and the mindset 
has changed so much, but it used to be the the hardcore fishermen, oh, who cares about whale watching, who cares about whale watching. I don't care what trip you're on. If you're offshore, guys will sit there and they'll they'll stop and marvel at a, at a 100-foot-long blue whale. If you don't, you must be just cold as ice. It's incredible. And, and the interesting thing is, is in the summertime, when we're out fishing, that's some of the stuff that we actually look for. Whales, dolphins, bird life, they're not out there just hanging out opportunistically. They're, they're excuse me, they are hanging out following forage or feed that, that what our target is looking for as well. So they're super indicators of what's in the area. Whales aren't just hanging out because there's no feed in the neighborhood. And certainly there might be a school of yellowfin or there might be a school of bluefin underneath those mammals because, again, everybody's doing the same thing. They're wandering around looking for something to feed. So it's, it's incredible what I, we have offshore and how it all ties together. Last year, we went out with uh, Captain Chris Randall uh, aboard the uh, Indian, and we stayed on yellowfin tuna for almost seven hours, and all we were doing was following a school of dolphin, and those dolphin were on top of the tuna, and I think we came away of that trip with almost a 190 yellowfin in one day caught in that seven or eight hour period. Chris said that it was absolutely the most incredible run of yellowfin he'd ever seen for his 30 years of fishing. So every once in a while, you get lucky like that. Sure, absolutely. And and in the summertime when we are offshore, that is one of our big indicators. And it's 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 awesome. You're sitting, the guys are up top, they're glassing, they're looking for hours. You see a couple of dolphin pop and you start heading that way. Next thing you know, it's a huge pot or a great big school porpoise. And and as you get under it, nothing is more exciting as you start chasing them down. And all of a sudden, the sonar sweeps, and you just see a massive school underneath them. And it's 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 great because it's it's super easy. They're they're a real good visual aid, if you will. On the surface, you can see which way that whole pot of dolphin is going, and the boat can can strategize in order to get around and get in front of it. Start throwing bait to stop that school. It's incredible. It's it's really super visual and exciting. For the passengers on board, as well as the guy running the boat. It's it's some of my favorite kind of fishing. Well, Captain Franker said, you're already getting my blood boiling to get on out there again. And I know you're waiting to get out there. So Could you tell? <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, uh, just wish our listeners, uh, uh, you know, a holiday greeting. And then we'll let you get on to your work over here because you got phone calls stacked up. you got people waiting to see you. Um, you know, thanks a lot for being with us. John, thanks for having me on the show. And from all of us at H&M, the very best of New Year's to everybody. And we look forward to seeing you on board in 2017. All right. And that's it from H&M Landing right now. You're listening to Rod and Real Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Stay tuned. There's still lots more show to come. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. This is your last chance. Final call for our year-end sellathon. You know where. Nobody beats alcohol. 
Every new El Cajon Ford car, truck, and SUV has a deeper discount. Here's an example, ID 399139, a new 2016 Focus 12.9. 12,000 900 net price, including applied 6295 El Cajon Ford discount from MSRP. On approved credit through 1317 at Broadway and East Main and ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced anglers, first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. You know, we're walking around the Angler's Marine Show here. It's a great... uh, uh, fishing show. You think about more as freshwater, but this draws even the saltwater guys, and here's one of my favorite saltwater guys from San Diego Anglers, Mr. Dwayne Pontenau. Dwayne, welcome. Thanks, John. Hey, you know, uh, a lot of things to talk about. Saltwater fishing this year has been great, but I want to talk just briefly. San Diego Anglers, the Bay Bass Tournament, How's that going to come, especially with the new improvement project that's happening at the Shelter Island Launch Ramp? Well, if you can believe this, we just made a simple phone call to the Port of San Diego. and We said, hey, can you delay the Shelter Island Launch Ramp redevelopment project just by a little bit so we can turn the, so we can have the Bay Bass Tournament? They said, yeah, that's no problem. Oh, we can do great. that. So yeah. just a simple phone call accomplished what we needed to have done. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit just briefly about the tournament. I know we're going to talk to you, uh, you know, several times before the event comes about, but 
Tell us the ifs, ands, and buts about uh, this year's ter- or the 2017 tournament, I yeah, should it's our, say. It's our 22nd annual event. It will be uh, Saturday, January 21st, Shelter and Launch Ramp. Uh, we have two, two different tournaments going at the same time. We have the regular Open Bay Bass Tournament. And we have a kayak tournament happening at the same time too. The the uh, the, the tournaments don't commingle at all. It's two completely separate tournaments. So. Right. And uh, I know that everyone they're buying at the bid about the entry form, but usually the entry forms uh, uh, are distributed in the local tackle shops uh, a week or so before Christmas or so. Is that no? no ac- actually, the first week in December, we oh, okay. we have a big group that takes off to go El Salto for a week, and I like to get them them out before we take off on our bass fishing trip. So it'll be out the first week in December there. All right. And some of the sponsors that have already lined up to, to be with you, because I know it's a big event here in San Diego Bay. Uh, Rob Butler with Vessel Assist. He's our title sponsor. Nice. Yes. He writes the biggest check. He makes this thing happen here. As far as prize sponsorships, we have Fisherman's Landing Tackle. We have uh, Abu Garcia, uh, Fifth Avenue Insurance, uh, um, just about anybody just about that's, any, yeah, that's yeah, in the fishing business, that's all the tackle stores. Daiwa, Shimano, yeah. everybody, all the big names are a part of the event. Now, here's the nice thing about that event, too. If you don't want to fish in it, the general public is still more than welcome to come to it, and they have a great time there, too. That's right. We have a giant party open to anybody who wants to come on down. Come down to the weigh-in. It starts at noon. We'll feed everybody. we got hot dogs, hamburgers, uh, sodas, beer. I mean, we'll feed everybody. Just the only thing we ask is buy a few raffle tickets to help support the event. Yeah, and not only that, if you want to view the weigh-in, normally uh, the... The weigh-in starts at around noontime, and you guys, uh, you bring the fish up, and then you, you hold the fish, not only so that the general public can see them, but you want to make sure that when you release them, that they're released in as good a condition as you can, and your release rate has been really good over the years. Yes, we um, we have a trough. It's about 150 foot long. It's got uh, oh, a, a foot and a half of water in it, and everybody, as they're waiting to weigh their fish, instead of having them in catch and release bags we have them in um just regular laundry hamper baskets and they move through the trough the, the fish keep in excellent condition and um we dump them into a, a pool that has uh, antibiotics and then we release them back into the bay um lyle belquist actually held all of the fish a couple of years ago during the uh during his uh, bass study there yes he told me that they lost one bass they put them in the bait barge there so they could study them for mortality rates Three weeks later, they popped the lid, and they only had lost one bass out of all of those fish that were uh, that were in that in that bin there. So they had never done mortality studies on at a bass fishing tournament before, and Everingham allowed Lyle to do this here. So it was very interesting to hear. As many times you hold those sand bass during that tournament, they're strong enough to survive. You're not kidding. Uh, again, tell us what the dates of the event uh, will be. Saturday, January 21st. The entry forms will be out the first week in December. And uh, if uh, someone, let's say, up here in the, uh, in the uh, Los Angeles or Orange County area can't get to a tackle store to get them, uh, can you download the form online, and where will you be able to get it? That's a great question. There's, uh, You can go to our website, sandiegoanglers.com, click on the tournament tab at the top, and then click on Open Bay Bass, and the tournament entry form will be there. Or you can stay in tune uh, on our Facebook page. Just go to our Facebook page, and uh, we'll keep it up to date. Now, if let's say you're going, man, why haven't I been a part of this year, uh, let's say, uh, 
a manufacturer or someone that's in the fishing industry or someone that just wants to attract fishermen to your business and you want to be part of this year's uh, or the 2017 Bay Bass Tournament, who do they get in contact with? You get a hold of, you get a hold of me. Yeah. So uh, just go to the website there, go to the, 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 the Open Bay Bass page, and uh, my name's splashed all over with my email address and my phone number there. Oh. So we're always looking for more sponsors, so uh, just get a hold of me. I know uh, as uh, Anglers Arsenal and Western Plastics and Ron Real Radio, we sponsored the event, and... It has always helped us to get more listeners, more customers into the door, more people interested in our products. It's a great vehicle to do that in because it's the everyday kind of guy and gal that are out there. It's the people that go out, buy the fishing tackle, use the services and everything else like that. And they happen to be fishing in a fun tournament that you guys run. Well, thank you very much. And that's exactly right. And it's, you know, it's not a lures-only tournament. I think that's part of the attraction. Bait is allowed in this particular event. And um, everybody fishes the bay, and uh, they all think they have a chance uh, using the sardines and the anchovies. Uh, there's also a halibut jackpot there. That's worth almost $1,000. Yeah. The largest halibut of the event is worth about 1000 bucks. No, that's a lot of fun. And then you get to, to the award ceremony. Everyone gets together. They swap stories, uh, talk about what worked, what didn't work. And then you guys have a tremendous raffle at the end. And... and the monies that you guys raise during this event also go to a, uh, goes to a, a, a great cause. Thanks for asking. Yes, uh, uh, we, we take care of our normal expenses. Anything that's left over, we use for uh, fishing events with Big Brothers and Sisters of America, muscular dystrophy, uh, fishing in the pines up at Lake Cuyamaca. But our favorite one is the Wounded Warriors. We have discovered that... Uh, uh, these wounded warriors love these fishing charters that we put on. Yes. And so we charter boats throughout the year. We go to Balboa Naval Hospital and the local PTSD centers, and they gather the guys up. We get 40 guys on a boat, and we take them fishing. It's an absolutely wonderful event. Well, Dwayne Pontnell from the San Diego Anglers talking about the Open Bay Bass Tournament. I got a feeling this will be not the last time we get a chance to speak to you before that gun goes off on Saturday morning there. That's right, John. We'll have a fish report from El Salto when I get back. Oh, I, I'd love to be up there with you. That is, that is too fun of an event because you go up there to El Salto. I know I uh, visited with Billy Chapman here uh, just a couple of weeks ago and his new operation in Coeur d'Alene. He loves having you guys up there. And, and not only does El Salto, when you go up there with the San Diego Anglers, you get a lot of the saltwater guys go out with you. Mostly the saltwater guys. You know, Mike Lackey from the Vagabond, Booger on the San Diego, Steve Peterson on the Mission Bell, Taro on the Liberty. Uh, uh, anyway, and, and all their deckhands and uh, all their friends. And we uh, go down and have a great time bass fishing. Hey, you know, uh, coming up here to Anglers Marina, I was uh, listening to Let's Talk Cookbook. You were on there, too, and you were... You happen to mention that Mike had a special announcement to make about the Vagabond. Can you pass that on to our listeners? Yes, I talked to Mike Lackey yesterday. He actually got his permit in hand. It's a, it's a long time to get that permit, you but bet. he got it in hand yesterday. So the Vagabond will join that elite crew of long-range boats being able to fish Guadalupe Island now. He has uh, He's just putting the, the trips up on the website now. I know the Shogun and the Royal Star and the... And the Royal Polaris, the Apollo, they basically get sold out. So now we have another option with the Vagabond there. So he's pretty excited there. When do you think those trips will start? 
Um, sometime next year. I don't want to yeah. put any words in uh, Mike's mouth, but he just got the permit yesterday. So just stay tuned. Go to VagabondSportFishing.com on, on the website and or just call the office there, and, and Mike will um, fill you in on the information there. Dwayne, I know you've piqued a lot of people's interest. You've talked about all these different things that San Diego Angler's done, uh, both phil- philanthropic and then also fun. Uh, someone's going, wait a minute, this sounds like a group of men and women that maybe I want to get involved with myself. You want to find out more about San Diego Anglers? How do you go about doing it? Again, go to our website. We have lots of contact information, San Diego Anglers, at the S at the end, dot com. And uh, just go down the list and call anybody that's on that list. My wife just happens to be president of the fishing club this All right, year. yeah. I uh, just give my wife a call, and uh, she will tell you what to do. Come on down. Uh, the next event will be... Uh, uh, Bill Boyce down at uh, in San Diego talking about what he does. But well, we have a monthly speaker every month. Uh, we get 100 and 125 people a month to come to our monthly uh, a monthly meeting. And the meetings are just fun, too. The meetings are a lot thing. of fun. That's right. All right. Well, I know you're here at a freshwater tournament. I saw you, though. There's some saltwater guys here. You're also looking at a lot of lures that cross over because that does happen. I want to pre- I appreciate you spending some time with us. I'll- Go out there and get those bargains before they get away. Thanks, John, for snagging me here. All right, Dwayne. See you in a bit. Hey, we'll be back with you with more Ron Real Radio after this. Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144 You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, John, Stan, Wendy, it is so great to be with you here at the holiday season. I want to wish you and, of course, all the listeners a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy Hanukkah, and, of course, for our Spanish-speaking friends, Feliz Navidad. Espero que esta es un Navidad super especial por todos ustedes. I'm coming to you from mainland China, here in Kunshan, China, where I am teaching fourth graders uh, English, 
science and reading. Next semester, I will also add to that radio broadcasting to high school kids. So it's been really an incredible, incredible journey so far. I've only been here a little bit more than a month, John, and so far, so good. The principal here, Lisa Kahn, is spectacular. She is such a good person, really cares about the students. And speaking of the students, I just can't say enough for how respectful they are, how their attention to academia is very, very impressive, and how they also respect their elders. And at this point in my life, that's becoming more and more important as I go along. Let me just, you know, as an example, a couple of kids. Angel is one of the kids here, always helping me. If I have trouble with, you know, a USB and trying to do uh, a certain lesson for the class, she'll plug it in for me and find it for me. She'll play the song I want her to play. She's always got a smile. She's super bright, and she's always there to help. And then there's June, another really great kid. Yesterday, I met her mother for the second time. Her mother has come up to the school to talk to me about June, and I'll tell you what a great kid she is. She speaks Japanese, Chinese, and really, really excellent English. And so she's not going to stop there. She wants to at least learn a couple of more languages. And she always has her hand up in class. She studies hard. She gets her work done. She's just a remarkably great kid. And that is something that has been so impressive to me here in China. I have really, really enjoyed that. So it's Christmas. And we just got finished here at Kunshan International School with our Christmas Spectacular. And it was spectacular. The kids were fantastic. By the way, I've got a little cold if I sound a little under the weather. But, oh, excuse me. Let me take a, a shot of hot tea here for one second. Oh, excuse me. Just getting my voice back. But the Christmas Spectacular was as good as you could possibly have wanted it. And our fourth grade class did just a great job singing Feliz Navidad. It was great. In fact, one of the teachers here who is from the Ukraine walked up to me and said, what language is that when the song first started? And I said, Spanish. And she said, oh, you taught them because she knows that I lean a little bit toward my Spanish speaking friends sometimes. So they sang Feliz Navidad, which, of course, is a mix of English and Spanish. And the crowd loved it. It was great. I've been out and able to partake of some of the street food. I've had some really great stuff, chicken and beef and all kinds of other great foods. I've also had the squid on a stick, which I absolutely love. I've had chicken feet, and I even partook of some locusts the other night, which was uh, quite interesting, to say the least. Once again, uh, here in China, Christmas uh, at the school that we are at was celebrated by everybody, and meeting all the parents was really, really a special treat. In fact, all the moms came up at halftime, and they brought their home-cooked meals to serve to the children and to all the teachers and man, was there some delicious food there and some really, really good times. No question about it. I've been watching the fishing. I can't get enough of that. And I can't tell you, if you're listening right now, how much I miss each and every one of you. And, of course, pretty soon here, when I get my feet on the ground, just a little bit longer. I've only been here a month. I'll be doing some videos. I'll be getting out on the street food areas. I'll be covering some other things here in China. And I'll be sending those along your way. <laughs> Excuse me. Once again, uh, I am located probably, uh, you know, exactly 20 minutes on the, the super train 
the train that goes super fast, um, about 20 minutes from Shanghai. It's a lovely city. There's no danger walking at night and walking around, and there is plenty to do and lots of fun. So from the bottom of my heart, John, Wendy, and Stan, and to all of you listening out there, I really want to wish you a merry, merry, merry Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, Feliz Navidad from the bottom of my heart. And it's so great to be back with you, John, on Rod and Real Radio. Take care, everybody. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show. As I said before, we will be back next Sunday night, January the 8th, with an all-brand-new live show. So on behalf of Jorge and our AM540 studios, Ben Harvey in our studios down here in San Diego, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune, we want to wish you a good new year. Hey, go out and get them. They're getting away. We'll see you on the water. We're out for now. Good night, everyone.